Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hello, Internet, and welcome back. I am Robert Evans, and this is Behind the Bastards, the show where we tell you everything you don't know about the worst people in history. Today, our subject is a little guy named Eric Prince. Miles, Mm. what do you know about Eric Prince? Uh, I know they started Blackwater. Okay. Uh, I know he's the brother of Betsy DeVos. Right. Uh, And... I just know about like how generally Blackwater is evil and there's some fuckery involved. But aside from that, I just know Eric Prince equals Blackwater equals military contractors equals war crimes. Okay, yeah, that's a good that's a good basic basic line. Well, Eric was born on June sixth, nineteen sixty nine. D Day. Yes, but nineteen sixty nine. Yeah. So the summer D Day of the Summer of Love. I don't know why I'm obsessed with D Day. Well, it's, it's a good it's a good day. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think it's You're Private not... Ryan actually. Yeah. Uh, he was born in Holland, Michigan. Uh, his father was Edgar Prince, uh, an entrepreneur who built a billion-dollar company, the Prince Machine Corporation, from the ground up. Uh, his company built like a type of illuminated mirror that's common in cars today. So he, his family got super rich. Wait, off? Like, what do you mean an illuminated, like a like a backlit mirror? Yeah, or exactly. So that like you can see it in the mirror at night or whatever. Oh, uh, and they're living off that invention, basically. That well, patent. Almost? That's how his family got rich. Right, right. So right. his his dad was like a legitimate. Started making forty cents an hour and like created a business. Got super rich. Uh, and then you know, with his money, decided uh, he should do some good in the world. But his version of good was founding uh, the Family Research Council. You know what the Family Research Council does? The I know they were spreading some kind of really bad misinformation back in the day. Yeah, back in the now, too. Oh. Um, one of their staffers wrote in 1999 that gaining access to children was a long-term goal of the homosexual movement. 
Um, so it's that mm. kind of like mm. anytime there's family. So you mean facts? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really, I shout out to the Family Research Council for their. Wow. So that was his version. It, okay. That yeah. he wanted to Th- spread. That's what he wanted to do with his money. Evil fucking conspiracies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Eric's mother, Elsa, donated $75,000 to a campaign to stop same sex marriage in 2004. Clearly worked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed's, Elsa and Edgar also formed the Prince Foundation so that they could use their family's wealth to advance general right-wing causes uh, like abstinence-only education, state-sponsored prayer, and the fight against abortion. Um, in order to get around restrictions on lobbying, the princes reclassified their lobbying as prayer warrior networks. Mm. So basically they said, like, we're not lobbying politicians. We're asking them to pray over certain issues. So we're not saying vote against abortion. We're saying pray against abortion. And that's different so we can spend our money with less restrictions. So they oh were they were registered as lobbyists before? Uh yeah. And there's more restrictions on how lobbyists can spend your right, money. Right, so right. they were like, we're not lobbyists, we're prayer warriors. Oh. So did they just kind of do that thing where a lot of people with dark money groups just become five oh one C fours? Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, like those yeah. nonprofits that don't have to disclose any of the origins mm-hmm. of their money so they can do whatever. Yeah, yeah. They found a shady way to make themselves less accountable with the billions or millions of dollars that they were spending on garbage. Um you obviously heard that uh, Eric's sister is Betsy DeVos. Yeah. Um, it probably won't surprise you to know that he grew up religious, conservative, and rich. No. Uh, he donated $15,000 to the Republican Party when he was 19. Um, he, wait, so, I'm sorry. He $15,000? Yeah, when he when was, he was 19. Nine, well, like, so he's a normal guy. Yeah, I know. For a second, I've, I forgot that you said he grew up rich, and I was like, what fucking job did he have in high school that he had that much money? But you're rich, so. Yeah, his job was being a rich kid. Or, you know, his parents just used him to make as much of a max out donation to the party. Yeah, they love to do that. It's just like, get the kids to donate and we can give you yeah, a lot more money. Right. Donate a lot of money. Yeah. Suddenly um, a 19-year-old has $15,000. Yeah, but he was, he was, he was you know, a normal down-to-earth kid. Like most people, he got his pilot's license before he got his driver's license. You know, <laughs> that that old canard. Uh, he attended a Christian high school in Holland, uh, but but Holland, Michigan. Not, not, not the not, cool Holland. Not ne- the Netherlands. Yeah. Uh, he went to the Naval Academy, but according to one of his professors, he did not think it was conservative enough, so he left to attend Hillsdale College. That the military wasn't conservative The enough? Naval Academy is a bastion of left-wing nutjobs. Yeah, jobs. I know. It's a I bunch mean, of cucks and, and yeah. hippies mm-hmm. with long hair. Like That almost seems like he's trying to impress someone by being like, oh, the Navy wasn't conservative enough for me, so I had to leave. Like that. Well, Eric denies that that's why he left the Navy. One of his professors oh. is the one saying he was pissed off because we, the Navy professors, weren't conservative enough for him. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, right. He didn't want people to expand his way of thinking. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what it seems like. Um, so do you know anything about Hillsdale College? No, I don't know anything about Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College is like one of the rightest wing colleges in the country. Um, they basically worship the economic theories of Ayn Rand. Um, for some sort of color on what the school's like, in 2015, their school chaplain uh, sent this email out to students and faculty. Hey, friends! Exclamation point. Uh, just to give you a heads up, ugly things are happening in the Supreme Court right now. Justice Anthony Kennedy is seen as the, quote, swing vote. And if that is the case, he will have the power to legalize same-sex marriage, all caps, nationwide. Yeah. Uh. I do not even think we can imagine the effects this would have on our nation, the church, and families. So we are praying for God to give the justices and the courts wisdom, courage, and discernment for evil to be revealed and destroyed and for a heart of love and sound mind. So we want to destroy the gays with a heart full of love. I love when conservatives like sort of like, you know, sound the war drums of like 
the gays might be able to have rights. Yeah. And like, I'm always curious how they play that out in their head. Like that leads to exactly what, like, I really want to know if they have a very clear vision of what that looks like when, uh, you know, the LGBTQ community has like a, a un, uh, disturbed rights like do they think i don't know i mean it, it always seems like very aggressive what they think will happen well if we let gays marry then we could wind up with a country where like i don't know the president sleeps with porn stars and pays them one hundred and thirty thousand dollars right to keep quiet. And, and that would be just it would be a post-morality america yeah exactly uh where is hillsdale college uh it's in michigan um oh, so he's not leaving home. he's a michigan boy uh, well, at least he was a Michigan boy. Right. So he's all about his comfort zone. Uh, yeah. At this point in his life, that's kind of where Eric is. Um, and yeah. So in, in 1990, he uh, gets a sweet job becoming an intern in George H.W. Bush's White House, um, which you'd think would be like this kid's dream job. You know, yeah. s- super conservative president. Uh, Not he's getting to work for him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Eric, really? <laughs> Eric, Eric gets pissed off uh, that George H.W. Bush's administration is not conservative enough. Quote, I saw a lot of things I didn't agree with. Homosexual groups being invited in. The budget agreement. The Clean Air Act. I mean, that's... What the fuck? I don't understand what that means. Is is that like his sort of like, you know, big government philosophy? Is that what he's sort of pushing? Yeah, you know, the Clean Air Act is anti-business because it wants people to be able to breathe and like it's better for business if people can't breathe. I mean, that's basic capitalism. Because, yeah, Christ professed uh, his love for capitalism. Hated air. Yeah, hated air because he didn't need it because he's Christ. Yeah, exactly. So why should anyone else? Like that's. I'm trying to be more like Christ and not breathe air. Mm -hmm. Toughen your lungs up. Right. Walk on some water. (laughs) Um, after his time as an intern, Eric got a gig as a volunteer firefighter, fighter, uh, so that's nice, uh, until in 1992, he joined the Navy SEALs. Um, wow. He was apparently good at his job. He was deployed to Bosnia, Haiti, and the Middle East, but tragically for Eric, his service came during a time of unprecedented peace and prosperity, and he never saw combat. Oh, he didn't? No, that's oh, a shame. Oh, that's the shittiest kind of Navy SEAL, too. <laughs> yeah, that's the you garbage I mean? Navy SEAL. Yeah, like, you don't even have a fucking good story at a bar when someone's like, yeah, man, what'd you see? Uh, Have you seen G.I. Jane? I went to Haiti. You did some fucked up shit in Haiti. No, we kind of did a lot of push-ups. Yeah, we're kind of just moving potable water around. But uh, yeah, oh my, wow. That really, that must have been heartbreaking for him because he seems like somebody who would have gotten Yeah, like a war boner. Mm -hmm. Right. No, but he's, he just, I mean, basically if you're a Navy SEAL and you don't fight, you're just a really good swimmer. Right. Yeah. And like future fitness instructor. Yeah. And I'm sure in, in fairness to Eric, he's I'm sure he's a great swimmer. Oh, uh, I yeah. Mean, this this dude can tear up an Olympic yeah, pool. No matter what your politics are, your your body and your 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 physical fitness is at another level. Yeah. Uh, as a Navy SEAL. Yeah. And and yeah. So I have the body of just a harbor seal. <laughs> so. Um. So Eric leaves the Navy SEALs early in 1995 because his dad dies of a heart attack, and he's got to deal with that, deal with the family money. They sell the company, and they make like 1.3 billion. Get split up between him and the rest of his family members. Uh, he gets hit with a second tragedy when his wife gets breast cancer. She was able to have two kids, but she died not that long after. Mm-hmm. Um, but Eric, you know, settled down to a quiet life of being incredibly wealthy, and he started a 6,000 acre training facility for security operators. Uh, he named this base Blackwater. Um, it was a place where, you know, you could go if you were a military unit or a police unit, a SWAT team and do training. They had like a fake high school there, um, so that you could practice like dealing with a Columbine situation where they had like recorded screens. Or perpetrating one. Or perpetrating one. Right. 
this a, a crisis actor conspiracy theory thing look, hey, to look, drop on us, Miles? Look, Robert, when you're on my podcast, we'll talk about crisis acting. It's called Inside the Crisis Actor Studio. Uh, <laughs> do we just talk about the craziest conspiracies and how everyone's a crisis actor? Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, the, no, I don't mean to uh, cast yeah. aspersions on that person. Yeah. But yeah, uh, wait, so Black... Oh, so in a way, he was just kind of like, I want to create... Like the gym for cops and military yeah, people yeah. to beef up their... It's not an unreasonable thing to do. Right. Like people who are in SWAT teams and whatever need like fake schools to practice because right. that's the thing they might have to do. So he's providing that. So far, relatively yeah. reasonable. Right. Um, but over the next couple of years, Prince shifted Blackwater from a training facility to a company that also provided security personnel for the U.S. government. Um, one of Blackwater's first contracts was actually in China guarding North Korean defectors that the government was afraid the Chinese would abduct to send back to North Korea. So they didn't want to put U.S. soldiers or CIA guys on these guys because that could be a diplomatic incident. So they have right. private security to get them out of the country and stuff. That they were extracting them from China? Yeah, that's what I understand wow. was, was sort of the situation um, at that point. So again, not an unreasonable thing. The government always needs a couple of kind of deniable assets well, of, that you of can course. do that yeah, stuff yeah. with. So pretty low level, low key. Um, that's kind of what he's moving into. But it's not it's not total darkness yet, but I'm starting yeah. to see the sun start to go down. Yeah, sun's bit. definitely setting. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, we're, we're, we're past 4 p.m. here. Um, so, you know, 9-11 happens after that. Uh, and, oh, I'm sorry, what was 9-11? Uh, oh, um, I feel like we should stop and pull a Wikipedia page over Yeah, let's, can we pull something up? Oh, that, yes. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm on board. Also, jet fuel can't uh, melt steel beams. Yeah, you uh, you say that a lot. Hey, look, uh, what happened to Building 7? That's my question. Anyway. <laughs> so 9-11 goes great for Eric Prince. Uh, he's on the Bill O'Reilly show not that long after, and he notes that his phone is ringing off the hook. Uh, he attempts to join the CIA, uh, but he fails to pass their polygraph test. Whoa. Yeah. What do you know? What kind of stuff they ask you in a polygraph? No, I mean I know in general polygraph tests, but I don't know what the CIA right. was asking him. Well, clearly it yeah. not, must not be good to be hooked up to a truth machine and tell lies to the CIA. Yeah. Although polygraph tests have been kind of, they're people say they're dubious a little bit, right? They're supposed them. to be pretty sketchy. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm not here defending what's going Prince, on there. but yes, right. Yes, he tries to get into the CIA, and the CIA is like, you're a little too shady for us. <laughs> right. We're going to go continue to smuggle crack into the inner cities. Exactly. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Eric isn't going to let the little thing like the CIA stop him from living out his dream of walking around with guns in foreign countries. Uh, he forms Blackwater Security Consulting, and he moves his company into the business of selling mercenaries to the government. His hope was that Blackwater would, quote, do for national security apparatus what FedEx did for the Postal Service. Uh Hold on. Let me process this. Yeah. That what? That he, he wants to do for the national security apparatus what FedEx did for the Postal Service. Wow. Like, let me take a little burden off you and also do it in a crazy aggressive way. I want to be the FedEx of shooting people. Yeah, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, look, the, of course, the U.S. didn't kill those people. Mm-hmm. You know, just U.S. contractors did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so this is where we're going. Yeah, he's a visionary. Um, he's a visionary. Starting to, starting to see the vision. So 2001, Blackwater has a total of about $730,000 in federal contracts, right? So kind of small beans at this point. Uh, in 2004, less than a year into the Iraq War, they had $48 million in contracts. By 2007, they'd made more than a billion dollars in federal contracts. By 2007? Yeah. Wait, when did it start again? I'm sorry. 2001 is when he started and doing the And then by 2007, thing. he turned that into a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. So... Pretty good rate of return. <laughs> yeah. How do I invest in Blackwater? 
Um, you probably don't. Am I, am I getting into it? You don't late? know. Yeah. Yeah. 2001 was the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, 2000 was the time. Yeah, yeah I guess was the day. August of 2001. God. I'm September just... 10th was really the time you wanted to be plugging money into day. mercenaries. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, after the invasion of Iraq, uh, Eric volunteers to provide the government with hundreds and eventually thousands of contractors. His men carried guns and guarded high-value government officials and convoys. Since they were private civilians who regularly got into gunfights and war zones for money, some people call Blackwater's contractors mercenaries. This makes Eric very angry. Here's a quote from a Newsweek article titled, Profile, Blackwater's Eric Prince. Quote, That's a slanderous term, an inflammatory word they use to malign us, says Prince. Mercenaries, he says, are professional soldiers who work for a foreign government. Blackwater's men are Americans working for the American government. Okay, semantics, man. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's this this is Eric's point of view on the mercenaries he's providing to the U.S. government. Yeah. They're not mercenaries because they're American, and so is the government. You're still a sellsword, though. Yeah. You're still selling your ability to kill people for money. Right. Yeah. And in a way, it's like shittier because, like, it's like you couldn't even make the real team. Like, Mm -hmm. it'd be like an actual military person else. It's like, I guess I'll do the mall cop version of being a cop, which is a Blackwater guy. Yeah, it's like one of the things that's respectable about the military is like, oh, you know, you know, you're not making that much money. Like, right. you get there's got to be some degree of like something you want to do, or like there's some degree of idealism as opposed to like, no, I'm right. making a quarter of a million bucks a year to go shoot people. Yeah, because you yeah. can say, you can argue that someone in the military, like their sort of north star is being patriotic or being yeah. nationalistic or whatever. Yeah. Versus like, yeah, you're Blackwater. You're like, I'm here for the check and to mm-hmm. be, and I get to shoot people for a lot more money than I did when it was. Not honorable, but yeah. I'm making eight times as much money to do the same job, yeah. and I don't have to follow the rules. Because a lot of their guys are are ex-military, right? Yes, right. yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, no, so a guy can't just be like, "Hey, I'm here to I'm here for the Blackwater <laughs> uh, tryouts." We'll get to that a little. Oh, bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in actuality, because uh, he was just saying, you know, his men are Americans working for the American government. In actuality, many of Prince's employees in Iraq were from Pakistan, Yemen, and other countries, collectively <laughs> known as not America. A State Department investigation found that these, quote, third world nationals were often forced to live in horrifying conditions, three people to a tiny room with no bed or air conditioning. Um, so this actually speaks to a big misconception. When we think of Blackwater, we think of like big burly mercenaries with beards and machine guns. Right. They have those guys. That's a big part of what they do. But they also, in all of the contracting companies in Iraq and Afghanistan, most of the people they provide are like poorly paid foreigners from Southeast Asia or the Middle East to like run the kitchens and drive trucks and convoys to transport food and ammunition. Um, and so, like, those guys are doing horribly dangerous jobs, and a lot of them die. But if yeah. they die, the U.S. government doesn't have to say anyone died. So it's like, oh, six Bangladeshis died driving MREs to right, troops right. in this base. Nobody needs to know. Yeah. Uh, no U.S. soldiers died. Yeah. No Americans wow. died. So that's a lot of what Prince is doing. So, and even then, he's even hiring people in, like, not combat roles necessarily, yeah. but just to do sort of other legwork. Yeah. But they're going to get shot, and they're not in armored vehicles. Right, in there. right. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah, it's it's really messed up. Um, so Blackwater's armed contractors, who were the guys who made the company famous, uh, were good at protecting their clients. They never lost a client in Iraq, um, but they were bad at the winning hearts and minds thing. Right. So one of their favorite tactics was to drive on the opposite side of the road as fast as they could and shoot above any vehicle that didn't drive away fast enough, uh, which they said protected their convoys and which Iraqis said was fucking terrifying. Wait, they <laughs> drove in the opposite direction of traffic yeah. and shot above the they cars called, that were coming towards them? Yeah, if anyone got too close, they would shoot above them. 
just be like, get the fuck out of the way. Yeah, I know yeah, I'm get driving the fuck on the wrong out of the side of the road. Yeah. This is Blackwater. Yeah. Now, in a little bit of fairness to Blackwater, so like one of the, the last- traffic is really bad, so you do drive. Well, it's not, unco- <laughs> it's not entirely unheard of in Iraq to direct traffic with guns. Uh, when I was there last time, I kind of made friends with a guy, an Iraqi army guy who was directing traffic at this checkpoint in Mosul. And whenever he'd get into an argument with somebody, he would shoot next to their head with his M16. And I was like, what are you, that seems really messed up. Really and he aggressive, was like, yeah. Well, yeah, but like, I'm, I'm doing this 12 hours a day, and if I yell at everybody, I'm not going to have a voice, and I got to be out here all the time. So it's just easier to shoot next to him. Wow. <laughs> just bucking shots like that. Yeah, he said he put, spent about 180 rounds a day doing that. Just of, like, pop, pop. Of rather than talking, yeah. I'll just squeeze off 180 shots. Well, just one or two at a time. Yeah, yeah, but, but I mean, a like, lot of people total, are coming, right. yeah. Um, but Blackwater, you know, it's the driving on the opposite side of the road thing that's that's the most controversial thing. Right. Um, so here's what one Baghdad housewife told a French journalist about them. Uh, they sail off the roads and drive on the wrong side. They simply kill. That Newsweek profile on Eric quoted an advisor for the coalition forces who had traveled with both Blackwater guys as her guards and American soldiers as her guards. And she said that Blackwater guys had explained their attitude towards the Iraqis as, our mission is to protect the principle at all costs. If that means pissing off the Iraqis, too bad. So in September of 2006, a Blackwater convoy driving down the wrong side of the road struck an Iraqi car and sent it careening into a telephone pole. The car caught fire. Blackwater drove off without rendering aid and the driver died. Uh, it's not the only time that happened. That's just a time that happened. Yeah, right, right. Because they're yeah. just always driving on the other side of the road super fast, shooting at people. Oh, right. They're like, yeah. we don't even know what the right side of the road is. We yeah. just know the Blackwater side. Yeah. Uh, here's another quote from a Baghdad traffic cop. They're impolite and do not respect people. They bump other people's cars to frighten them and shout at anyone who approaches them. Two weeks ago, guards of a convoy opened fire randomly, and that led to the killing of two policemen. Uh, so... Uh, another a journalist who spent a lot of time with them, Robert Young Pelton, uh, noted that they use their machine guns like car horns. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow, I'm, Eric, you've got a you've got a great uh, group of employees here. Yeah, it's funny because I only just know of like isolated incidents here or there, or that I was familiar with like during the Iraq War about hearing about Blackwater and the kind of shit they did. But like when you when you really start to like as you're revealing it to me now. Realize, like, they're like frat bros in a war zone. It's great that you bring up frat bros. We've got a break for commercials, but once we come back, we're going to talk about Blackwater's drunken shenanigans in Iraq, (laughs) and then we're going to move on to Eric Prince's new job in China. So, uh, all that after some ads. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. My favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. Wow, how have I been living like this? 
It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless, when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Wow, how have I been affording this? It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash behind. That's mintmobile.com slash behind. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash behind. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Uh, and we're back, and we're about to talk about the uh, the the frat bro aspect of uh, Blackwater's <laughs> right. history. Uh, I can I feel wanna, it. I can yeah. feel it. I can feel it coming. I do want to note: I found a lot of these quotes in a really good Brookings Institute article called "The Dark Truth About Blackwater." So, if you're looking for more info on these fucks, uh, that's a good source. Um, in 2004, Blackwater won an exciting new contract to help deliver kitchen equipment in Fallujah. Uh, they were eager to impress the Emirati company that hired them, and they rushed the delivery. Now. I don't know if Prince was eager to impress this company, right. but he was the guy running the whole company at this time. So somebody from Blackwater Topside said, get this kitchen equipment to its source as quick as possible. Right. And the people whose job it is to determine how to do things were like, okay, well, we need at least six armed men, and they should all be in armored vehicles. And whoever was in charge of the mission was like, no, we'll have four guys, and they'll drive normal cars. <laughs> Uh, be four guys in a VW bus. Yeah. And um, they were supposed to let the U.S. Marines, who were in charge of Fallujah at the time, know that they were going to be there in case they needed backup. It's a good right. thing to let the Marines know. Yeah, that someone might be operating, yeah. that they need help. Okay. They didn't. Uh, so these four guys get ambushed and killed. Um, and a, quote, enraged mob drags their burned bodies through the streets and hangs their corpses from a bridge. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That whole incident sparked the Battle of Fallujah, which is one of the bloodiest right. fights of the entire Iraq war. Around 1,000 or so civilians died, it's hard to say, along with 95 U.S. soldiers. Wow. The kitchen equipment was never delivered. Ugh. Yeah. Someone's got a nice kitchen, though. Somebody's got a great kitchen, or it all got burnt. Um, I don't think Blackwater impressed the company. No, you not know. at all. I guess, yeah. and they really did try and do their FedEx thing, where they also where they're like, <laughs> yeah, and we will badly. get it there in record time because they'll be poor, so understaffed. Well, you know, I I've lost count of how many times I've ordered something through FedEx and their employees been ambushed and hung from a bridge yeah. and sparked a, a brutal month long siege of yeah. the city. Yeah, that's why I don't order from Crate and Barrel anymore. Yeah, because yeah. they use FedEx. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just too many deaths. It's messy. Yeah, it really is. Mm. Yeah, tragic. <sighs> So um, the high-profile murder of four employees did not exactly lower Blackwater's tempo in regards to flipping out at any Iraqis who came near them. 
Uh, in 2005, the brigadier general responsible for security in Baghdad noted that in two months, contractors were involved in 12 shootings that in- resulted in at least six civilian deaths. On Christmas Eve 2006, a Blackwater employee got shit-faced and started wandering around the green zone. He staggered up to the Iraqi vice president's house, got into an argument with his bodyguards, and shot one of them to death. What the fuck? Next, this brave patriot ran back to a checkpoint guarded by another group of contractors and told them he'd been in a firefight with Iraqis. He was clearly drunk and waving a gun around. They disarmed him and tried to question him, but he was just way too hammered to be questioned. Um... So Blackwater fired the man, flew him home, and paid $15,000 to the family of the dead guard. It was a tragic incident, but not, they assured, a sign that their employees were a bunch of irresponsibly violent cowboys. Holy shit. How is that not an indication that they're a bunch of irresponsible cowboys? Hey, you know what? The guy, he got fired. And, you know, it took him... $15,000 to that family? I mean, I get it that in Iraq, that could be a lot of money, so... That's like that, that. That maybe that's the going rate that Blackwater deems as like you know consolation pay. But well, this gets into a really messed up area. But like the initial amount the U.S. government suggested they give the family was two hundred and fifty thousand. But then other people within the government, so this is in Blackwater, were like, well, if we give that much money to the family of the <laughs> right, dead Iraqi, we're going to be broke. Well, no, people are going to get their relatives killed to get money from us. That was their fear. Oh. Not that that ever happened because I don't know that it did. But like. Yeah. But of course, it's like how all people think when you're talking about destitute communities. Like, well, they're going to find a way to take advantage of yeah, this. Yeah, they've learned how to, yeah, exactly. And they'll self-murder and, you know, frame us. Yeah, and they're gonna, their kids murdered for cash. Right. Holy shit. Yeah, and that was the government. That's not right, on Blackwater. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the murder's on Blackwater. Well, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you'll be happy to know that the employee, he was fired. He was sent back to the U.S. And it took him two months to get another job at a private security firm and wind up in Kuwait. With a gun. Jesus, right back. Yep. You can only fail up. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least laterally. Yeah. yeah. And now I think he's Ryan Zinke, right? The Interior Secretary. <laughs> yeah. In August of 2007, the State Department decided they should investigate Blackwater because of everything. Yeah, naturally. That, right? <laughs> that I've said so far. <laughs> Took uh, them a while, though, yeah. huh? Yeah. They, they came up with a bunch of fun incidents once they started asking around. One of the things they found is that several Blackwater employees had gotten hammered as fuck and stolen a $180,000 armored vehicle and driven it to a party where they accidentally crashed it into a concrete wall. Wow. (laughs) What the fuck? It's so weird to, like, hear this, right? Because, like, on one side, it's just, like, deeply troubling, evil, tragic shit that they do. And the Mm -hmm. other side is not that it's funny, but it's so reckless that you can't believe that... Well, I guess you can because I've never, you know, I feel like all the things we hear about how the United States operates outside of this country is just in a very uh, sort of haphazard way or irresponsible way. So, uh, yes. okay, go on. Uh, (laughs) Let this uh, uncomfortable laughter continue. So uh, the investigation did find that Blackwater had been cutting corners. Um, They regularly reduced the number of their men guarding high profile people without actually charging for fewer guards. Uh, Automatic weapons were found stored in private residences, which... Not supposed to do. Uh, Blackwater employees were found to drink heavily, party with prostitutes, and regularly fail to qualify on their weapons. They were also found to carry weapons, like grenade launchers, that they were not certified to use. What? Wait, uh, so <laughs> they're drunk as fuck, and then they'll be like, yo, where did you get that uh, M203 grenade launcher? They're like, hey, I just, uh, I bought it on eBay. Oh, man, you to hope use it it's over an here. M203. I think right. we're talking about, like, the automatic grenade launchers that you mount on the top of a vehicle. Oh, right. Like, that, like big, are, like... Uh, sort of murder near, cannons. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I think that's called like an MK 
some I don't look like, someone on. No, I've seen him shoot a couple of times. They're definitely fun looking, but um, you know, maybe qualified. Wait, so how are they them. getting it though? Do you know? Like, are they self supplying it, and they're just simply like, uh, you're actually not supposed to be. Using yeah, the this. Blackwater has is able to, as one of these companies, they're able to buy that sort of equipment to use in these war zones. Um, it's just that there are certain standards that like the military has for anyone who's going to be using that shit in a war zone. Like if you're Carrying that right. weapon and you're a Marine or whatnot, you've done certain things. Right, clearly, qualify. yeah. These guys are required to qualify on those weapons, too, if they're going to carry them in war zones, and they're not. Well, Black, Blackwater gotcha. is basically not holding its people to the same standard as the military. The military, right. Yeah. And they're treating it like, yo, I just put rims on my dad's fucking navigator. Let's uh-huh. take it out for a spin, except this time it's a it's a rocket launcher and you're in a war zone. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, so in response to this, uh, so the State Department, you know, does this investigation and finds out Blackwater is fucking up all over the place. So the State Department investigator, you know, sitting down and talking to the guy Eric Prince appointed to run Blackwater's operations in Iraq. Uh, and this conversation turns heated and the Blackwater guy threatens to murder the State Department investigator and says, quote, no one could or would do anything about it as we were in Iraq. That's the State Ooh. Department guy recalling the conversation. This guy's basically like, I'm going to murder you if you don't stop investigating yeah. Blackwater, and we're in Iraq, so nobody's going to give a shit. Right. In space, no one can hear you scream. In yeah. Iraq, I can murder, you know, undisturbed, and no one will do it. And you know it. I can, because you just investigated all yeah. the times my company's <laughs> right. murdered people here. <laughs> yeah, without any kind of repercussion. Yeah. Uh, you would expect all of this to have some consequences. Um, but the U.S. military, well, government mainly, was kind of in a bind when it came to Blackwater and other contractors. So in 2007... There were at least 160,000 contractors in Iraq. This means they equaled and perhaps, since they weren't required to disclose their true numbers, perhaps exceeded the numbers of the U.S. military in the country. Um, so wow. Eric Prince's pitch at the start of the whole fighting thing, which the Bush administration had bought hook, line, and sinker, was that contractors would allow the government to vastly increase their presence in the country without paying a political price for it. So Bush can say... We only need 160,000 troops to keep Iraq safe, but thanks to contractors, they've got 300,000 plus guys right, in the country. Right, right. Um, the government also loved contractors and needed them because their deaths were easy to ignore. By 2007, at least 1,000 contractors had been killed and 13,000 wounded. Nine per day were dying at the height of the surge. Many of those people were the third world nationals we talked about earlier. Right. Probably, because we don't actually know how many contractors died. It could be even higher, and we don't know where any of them came from because none of that is required to be reported to anybody. And none of those deaths go on the official tallies of U.S. losses in the War on Terror. Wow. So the government knows Blackwater is fucking up, and they're ruining the hearts and minds thing, which is a critical part of beating an insurgency. But also, they can't function the way that they've come used to functioning in Iraq without these guys because they're most of the effort now. Right, right, right. Yeah. And so so a lot of these people who you're saying who are like the third world nationals, are they coming with any kind of military training? Most of them aren't doing – I mean, so most of – Or those people are getting, are getting killed in sort of non-combat roles. Exactly. Whenever you've got a, a military occupation, like when the U.S. military is in Iraq, there's 160,000 service members in Iraq. Most of them aren't kicking indoors and getting into gunfights. Right, most right. of them are maintaining vehicles and doing – you know, built, putting up communications equipment and all that stuff. It's the same with the contractors. Most of them are driving trucks or cooking for people or maintaining right. building spaces. What do you think the percent? How does that percentage you think, or what's the ratio to like? I'm going to guess most of the people dying are driving trucks. Wow! Because there's constant streams of trucks all throughout the country, right? And those guys, yeah, those trucks aren't armored, right? Because fuck it, we don't have to do anything because they're third world nationals who are just a digit on a paper or spreadsheet. If they die, it doesn't hurt us politically. 
Bush isn't being asked to account for dead, you know, uh, uh, foreign national yeah, contractors. Like, right. How many and, Bangladeshis were killed? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I don't fucking know. <laughs> uh, fool me once, man. <laughs> You're not going to fool me again. Yeah. Um, so, uh, despite the rough patches, the first four years of the Iraq war went pretty well for Eric Prince. Uh, it is possible that some of this went to his head. In mid-2007, he gathered a bunch of contractors at Blackwater's headquarters in North Carolina and demanded they swear an oath of allegiance. Um, okay. I think the text of the oath said a lot about, you know, swearing to fight the war on terror and, you know, loyalty to the principles of America and stuff. But a former employee, uh, an actual Blackwater armed contractor, told the New York Times, it kind of felt like pledging allegiance to Eric. That's how a lot of us interpreted it. Wow. Yeah. He, I mean... He has such a weird origin story, too, like to now watch it starting off as like rich kid who, for whatever reason, was like, I mean, I don't know, whatever reason, probably his upbringing was hyper conservative and now turned into like this sort of demigod. Yeah, mini little dictator of his own little fiefdom army thing. Yeah. Um, So a couple of weeks after he has them all pledged loyalty, uh, disaster strikes when Blackwater employees freak out and start firing machine guns and grenade launchers into a crowd at Baghdad's Niswar Square. Uh, they killed at least 17 people, wounded dozens more, and one of the people they killed was a nine-year-old boy. He was, like, burnt to the bodies of his parents in a car. It was horrible. Uh, Blackwater's immediate response to the massacre was to take down their website and refuse all interviews. The company's spokesperson sent out an email in English, only to Americans, that said, the civilians reportedly fired upon by Blackwater professionals were, in fact, armed enemies. This contrasts with the opinion of the U.S. military, who found no evidence of insurgent activity in the square that day. But I mean, that's just the military. Right, right. Yeah, what do they know about insurgents? Yeah, uh, right. They're, let the contractors let do the, the real work. <laughs> that's insane. And so their account to defend themselves for slaughtering a bunch of innocents was that like, is it, was there any, like, like in the reporting of it, like anything that someone could even perceive to be as a threat? Or do people just think, like, they're so unprofessional that they got spooked and just fired on a bunch of civilians. So I can tell you that when you hang out in crowded Iraqi cities, uh, especially when there's a lot of unrest, you're going to hear gunfire regularly. My guess from what I've read is that somewhere else in the city there was some shooting or maybe even a fucking backfiring car. There right. might have been a bomb that went off somewhere else in the city and these guys got spooked. Oh, right. And just said, Fuck Maybe it. they saw a guy who looked shady and they heard a sound that was shady and at the same time and people just started firing. And maybe a couple of the bullets ricocheted <sighs> past and that made them keep firing. Right. Like it's, it's hard to say, but the military says there's no evidence uh, that they were under fire at all, that right. there was any insurgent activity. Um, after releasing the statement, Blackwater put their website back up. They made no mention of the massacre and continued to sell Blackwater-branded T-shirts, baseball caps, and baby clothes. Their yeah. strategy is sort of like... Literally kind of putting their fingers in their ears by taking their website down mm-hmm. and like, well, just wait for this to pass, but let's make sure we're getting the merch yeah, out there too. Get the merch out there. I mean, I've ordered some of the baby clothes for Jack. I feel like yeah. it's a good gift. I think, yeah. I mean, he, he, I think Jack is wearing the, the Blackwater hoodie you got Bl- him. Jack loves Blackwater yeah, he fashion. Does. Yeah, he's, he does. He's, he's big into contractor wear. I mean, if Jack, I think he should really be thinking about in terms of if his own powerful ascension, he should have a private army too. Everyone needs a private army. Nobody's disagreeing with that. Uh, we're talking about Jack O'Brien. Jack guys. O'Brien. If you haven't, if, if you know about this podcast, you know what universe you're in. The only Jack there is is Jack O'Brien, Blackwater enthusiast. Yeah, um, we could keep talking about Blackwater for several podcasts. There's so much that I just didn't even include. Um, but the Eric Prince story is much bigger and dumber than that, and so we have to move on. 
Um, oh, okay. So yeah. <laughs> that was a an amuse bouche for, for the main of main course. Well, there's just there's just a lot to cover here. Um, right, right. So you know, after after that whole massacre thing, some people go to jail. Uh, although their convictions were overturned last year. Uh, what? Yeah. Well, again, it's a lot of stories here. Um, but Prince changed the company's name to XE from Blackwater to avoid the bad press. Right, right. right. Uh, and then he sold the company in like 2010. It's now called Academy with an I because I don't I don't really know why. Um, Blackwater is no longer Blackwater. Prince was no longer with Blackwater. He was still devoted to the company, and one of the last things he did was work with the games developer to make a Blackwater video game. According oh, to Prince, no. the game's purpose was to, quote, give players the chance to experience what it is like to be on a Blackwater team on a mission without being dropped into a real combat situation. Uh, we already have games for that, yeah. sir. Uh, They're every other video game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you just want to kill people randomly uh, and whatever. Okay. It was like a Connect Motion game. Uh, I haven't actually played it. It was? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was a Connect Motion video yeah, game where yeah, you're a Blackwater fucking Where you're a Blackwater guy. It was apparently very bad. All of the reviews I've read are terrible. Uh, yeah, because I can't imagine, like, people, I found a lot, like, people who are sort of, like, in the very conservative side of things, they tend to not have the best taste in creatives that they work with. So I'm sure they probably just found some kid who's like, you know, it's like they went to Infinity Ward who made like Call of Duty and were like, hey, we need you for the new Blackwater game. They didn't pull all the stops out for this. Are the um, gestures like, oh, anyway, I'll have to, I'll have to read some of these. I've got reviews. a couple, there's a quote from IGN that could double as a review for the actual company Blackwater. Um, <laughs> they said, it employs nothing but bad ideas and it fails to do anything exciting with any of them. Uh-huh. Um, another reviewer from Giant Bomb noted that the game presents Blackwater employees as, quote, a bunch of selfless, good-natured, totally not mercenaries who save hostages and deliver food and totally don't kill civilians. How could they when there are literally no civilians anywhere in this game? <laughs> no margin for error in <laughs> yeah. that one, yeah. Kill um, them all. Yeah. Uh, so I know what you're thinking. Uh, isn't it sad that poor Eric Prince had to give up on his dreams of having his own private army? Yes. Well, don't worry. Eric does not give up on his dreams. He's not that kind of man. After selling Blackwater, he relocated to Dubai. The Emirati police ponied up $529 million for him to create an 800-man foreign fighting force because, you know, they have internal revolts to suppress. Um, the Emirates are filled with crowded labor camps. That's who builds all those fancy right, buildings no, in Dubai. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's like, slave la- straight yeah, slave labor. Slave labor from Southeast Asia, at best a half step up from abject slavery. Right. Uh, and there's a lot of unrest there. So the UAE was like, Eric Prince, would you make us an army of foreign soldiers that we can use to brutally suppress uh, I the need people? A, in- right. Yeah, I need something to uh, quell the revolts that are impending with your professional killer groups. Yeah. Okay, Eric Prince was just the guy to make that happen. Um, the whole operation was almost certainly illegal. American citizens are not allowed to train foreign soldiers without permission from the State Department. During his last year in charge of Blackwater, the company had paid a $42 million fine for illegally training troops in Jordan. So this is like a pattern with Eric Prince is wow. illegally training foreign troops. In order to sidestep any problems this time, Prince just pretended he wasn't involved. He adopted the code name Kingfish, so no one would know that he was committing blatant international crimes. Wait, what do you mean the code name? Like, he, he just was like called on transmission all of the documents. Oh, so there would yeah. never the words Eric got, Prince wouldn't show up. There was a company like RS2 or something like that was the name of the company doing the training, and Prince was connected to them and owned them, but like didn't like it's one of those like when you've got enough lawyers and stuff, right, you can right. figure out the layers of it's it. Jur- there's been some great journalists, uh, particularly with the Intercept, who have spent years sort of unpeeling the onion of Eric Prince's. Right. So he's showing yeah, like sort of yeah. the mechanics of his plausible deniability machine, basically. Yeah, exactly. But Kingfish is what he goes by at this time. So of course, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Not no longer prince fish. Yeah. He's no. become king. He's a kingfish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so rather than hiring U.S. Special Forces veterans, which, remember, is what he promised to do and why he said that he wasn't a mercenary warlord. because he was. Oh, right, because yeah. I hire American people. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, he opted to bring in soldiers from Colombia because they were cheaper. The project immediately encountered problems when it turned out that many of these soldiers had never even fired a weapon. Uh, Prince initially hoped that this battalion would be the first of many, but after numerous problems, the force was reduced in size to 580 men. Men who actually served in the battalion reported being locked indoors all day and being incredibly bored. The boredom was only broken up by occasional trips paid for by the company to Dubai to fuck prostitutes. Wow. Otherwise, they're just like sitting in a room. Slave kill squad just had to hang out in a room mm-hmm. until it was prostitutes. Yeah, they time. would do some running and training, but then they were locked in a room. Uh, Holy shit. But every now and then they got some prostitutes. So that's what sweet. What the f- Okay, well. Okay, Eric yeah. Prince. This this all seems above board. So yeah, I mean, at this point, Eric Prince's first army had committed numerous war crimes, and his second army uh, seemed to be on its way to fizzling out. Um, so in 2014, Eric Prince decided to take a break from making armies to try a bold new business strategy, making his own air force. Whoa! <laughs> what the fuck? So that year, Eric <laughs> Prince gets cozies up with an investment firm called the Citic Group and founded a company named Frontier Logistics Group. Now, Citic Group is an investment company that is owned by the Chinese government. So this meant Eric Prince was either in business with or straight up working for China now. Wow. So he doesn't... He does not give a do fuck. Do you think he's a patriot in any way? Or he's just like pure reptilian brain, like, I'm just going to do what I want. I know nothing else but for me to obtain what I want. I am sure he would consider himself a patriot and have a justification. What kind of mental gymnastics do you think he's doing to say like, oh, I made a, you know, like a kill squad for the UAE and now I'm making a weird private Chinese Air Force? Well, the UAE are sort of allies of the United States. Uh, He's not making an Air Force for China. We're about to get into that. He's just, so the Frontier Logistics Group is supposed to be just a logistics company. They're the people you call if you're a corporation. You're like, we've got a bunch of diamonds in this country and we need them shipped here. Can you help us arrange that? Or we've got sick executives in Central Africa. Can you get a medevaced? Uh, we're building an oil field in this country. Right, right, right. Help us figure out how to set it up and organize. So that, like, that's a perfectly legitimate business. Somebody needs to do that work if you're like in that industry. Right. Um, so secretly, without getting the approval of the rest of the company, Eric Prince also started trying to use FLG to build his own private air force, which he could then rent out to small African nations who needed to suppress insurgencies. So the Chinese, as far as we know, have no idea he's doing this, and neither do the other people oh. he's working with at FLG. He has his own tiny team within the company, and he decides we're going to build an air force and not tell anyone. How do you fucking hide your? It's like you have a you're making a bong in your room as a teenager. Your mom's like, "What are you doing in there?" You're like, "Nothing." I'm just like playing with this cup. It's like I smell fire. I smell plastic melting. It's like you're building a straight up rental air force, and yeah. you can keep it under wraps. Well, you can't keep it under wraps. Right. I guess gonna, in his mind, we've right. got some commercials, and after that, we're going to talk about how Eric tried to hide his private air force. <laughs> And how it didn't quite work out the way it planned. Oh, big surprise. Uh, so all of that after some capitalism ditties. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit TomboyX.com. 
Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. We're back, uh, and we are talking about Eric Prince's noble quest to build his own private air force without anyone knowing. Um, so I probably shouldn't have to say it, but I will. It is illegal to make your own air force. Right. Uh, and the by U.S. Force, government doesn't allow that. You just mean like uh, uh, creating a collection of like fighter jets or uh, of planes. armed planes meant to murder people from the sky. Can you even buy an armed plane? No. Like, right. No, you cannot. So you need <laughs> the cover of a government to even obtain. Yeah. A kill plane. There are ways for private companies to deploy air assets that can attack people and provide close air support. There are companies that do that, but there's like a pro. Like you have to get a lot. Like you, the, the government has to issue you a bunch of shit. Like it's right. a, it's a thing. Like some of Prince's competitors were able to get government approval to provide close air support and have small fleets of aircraft. But like you know, you agree to government inspections, you get a bunch of. And Eric Prince is not a big no, fan no, of no, licenses no, no. or yeah. qualifications or not. Breaking international yeah. law. What are you doing in your room? <laughs> Nothing, mom. It's not an airport yeah. force, I swear. <laughs> um, so Eric Prince, so j- just to catch you up, he starts a company with the Chinese government called Frontier Logistics Group that's right. supposed to like help companies, particularly working in like Africa and Southeast Asia, um, you know, get stuff from A to B. Right, because you know, China's got their eye on Africa right now. China's got their eye on a lot of places. Yeah, well, I think yeah. they're smart. It's funny, when I was in Ghana, uh, like in 2008, they were uh, the African Cup of Nations was happening, and they had to build a bunch of new stadiums there. Mm-hmm. And when I was like, "Oh wow, like this is crazy! Like these are huge modern stadiums," and one of the locals were like, "Yeah, they're all Chinese prisoners building it." And then I was like, "Whoa, what?" And I was like, "Yeah, they use these guys because if they try and escape, they're in the middle of Africa, and they're just gonna be like, have you seen the Chinese guy?' Yeah, and they can like they just know they don't really have to put them under much." Uh, you know, surveillance, but I mean, at least Smart. that could have been a myth, but I I feel like, and also a lot of the consumer goods, I was surprised how much uh, of it came from China, mm-hmm. but I guess they see a market. So yeah, um, what Prince tells Citic Group, which is the Chinese company that owns Frontier with him, what Prince tells them is that, uh, you know, he thinks there's a market where they can make some quick cash if they have a couple of moderately armored planes with sensors on them. So that, like, if a company has a mine somewhere and they're worried that insurgents are going to rob the mine, you know, the government can pay us to surveil the area to let them know if an attack's coming. 
That's okay. legal. There's nothing illegal about, you know, a government paying you to provide aerial surveillance uh, sure. for an area like a mine. So that's what Prince says he's doing to his backers in China and to his other American friends who work in Frontier with him. Without telling them, he buys 25% of another company, uh, an Austrian company called Airborne Technologies. So he becomes uh-huh. an owner in this company, and he uses them to start producing an aircraft. They take an old Thrush 510 crop dusting plane, and they turn it into an engine of war. Uh, now, at this point, and for most of the Air Force stuff here, I'm quoting from a fabulous article in The Intercept called Echo Papa Exposed. Now, here's a quote describing the airplane he has built. In addition to surveillance and laser targeting equipment, Airborne had outfitted the plane with bulletproof cockpit windows, an armored engine block, anti-explosive mesh for the fuel tank, and specialized wiring that could control rockets and bombs. The company also installed pods for mounting two high-powered 23-millimeter chain guns. Straight Vulcan cannon on that thing. Yeah. So to maintain secrecy, uh, Prince does his best to keep his name out of this project. So the people at Airborne, other than like a couple of their top people, don't know him as Eric Prince. He's referred to in all of their papers as Echo Papa. But he purchased or bought a stake as Echo Papa? I mean, yeah, essentially. That's the only name he's known by in any of the public, or not even public, any of the documents the engineers see. So the engineers see that someone with a code name Echo Papa is ordering them to build a military aircraft. That doesn't seem weird to them initially because they've done some contracts that are secret for like the German government and the Swiss government. So they think, okay, this is probably a government thing. Oh, because we've our, done this kind of work before. Our right? bosses assure us it's on the up and up. We're not breaking any laws. But they knew they were getting into bed with Eric Prince though, right? The, a couple of people at the top of the company knew. The people right, actually right, building right. the plane think they're working for like the sure, German sure, government. Sure, sure, sure. But yeah, but I, I guess, I guess, yeah, to buy a 25% stake in a company, like obviously the people at the top are going to know, oh, I see who this person is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, uh, one day near the end of finishing this plane, Eric Prince comes by the hangar to inspect it, and one of these engineers recognizes him right. and knows who he is and is like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, right. We're like, building a military for aircraft for Eric Prince. Uh, and so these guys go to their bosses and are like, we're pretty sure we're committing an international crime by making this oh, thing. Oh, shit, right, right. <laughs> but the management assures them things will be fine if they keep their mouths shut. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, everything will be fine if you keep your mouth shut. It's don't not like, say yeah, anything. It's not, it's even, not illegal. Yeah, it's, not even, yeah. it's everything will be fine if you can keep your mouth shut. You don't tell anyone. We yeah. won't get in trouble for building a bomber. The plane you're talking about that they retrofitted, you said it's a crop it's dusting plane? It's a crop plane? dusting Is plane. Is it a prop, like a propeller plane? Um, or does no, it have a jet it, engine? It's got like engines and stuff. It doesn't look like a prop plane. Oh, okay. Because in my mind, a crop dusting plane is like, you know, like the old propeller plane, like a, like a Wright Brothers No, I think it's, it's like a nice crop dusting plane. Oh, gotcha. But okay. it was, they had a bunch of problems because like it wasn't made to have thousands of pounds of armor. Right. They had to build, so like the things that bombs hang on on a plane right. are called right. pylons. Uh-huh. And they're either like made for US munitions or Warsaw Pact, you know, Russian munitions. Right. And so these guys even designed pylons that could fit both because Eric didn't know what kind of bombs he was going to be able to get. <laughs> what, yeah, where, yeah. I, where I can get that stock from. Yeah. So like that, this is the kind of thing he has made. And before the plane's even finished, Eric goes out to a bunch of prospective clients, mainly people that we would call warlords or dictators, <laughs> uh, and tries to sell them on his sexy new murder engine. Um, he told his partners in Frontier, including the CEO, uh, that they were not running a security company. You know, again, they just thought they were buying surveillance planes. Right. Um, so nobody knows but Eric Prince and a couple of his close people what he's doing. Yeah, the, the, for for the other people, they just think, oh, we've mm-hmm. got a surveillance plane. And he's like, I've got something that can do it all, baby. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's that's the situation. Um, nobody but Prince knows that he's planning to put missiles on this plane and use it to murder dissidents. 
Um, so having his own Air Force to track back a bit has been a goal of Eric since at least 2008 when he purchased an unarmed attack aircraft that he later leased to the Pentagon to use in Afghanistan to test it out to see if it would be good for the Afghan Air Force. Um, in Iraq, he tried and failed to sell a contract providing close air support to the CIA. Also in Iraq, Blackwater had a fleet of tiny helicopters. Prince would have men with machine guns hang off them and shoot at people. Those helicopters came to be known by the Iraqis as little birds. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But those are... Um, unarmored helicopters. Unarmed what, helicopters. Yeah, but which, that, that's a specific kind of helicopter, though, the little bird, right? It may be. You know, it's not like a Huey or the other ones, but... It looks a little bit like a Huey, but even tinier. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. I just think of it, because I know, like, I read a lot about, like, Somalia 93 kind of stuff, and that was, like, those were, like, a lot of uh, the other guys were in, like, those little bird helicopters. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. That's those little guys. The one from the video games I always hop in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Prince had never gotten to order his own private military aircraft to bomb insurgents, and that's that was his dream. Um, and in 2014, it seemed like it was finally going to come true. So the Austrians finish this thing, and they take it on a practice flight, and it, dozens of problems pop up. Because of course. You're not right. supposed to put armaments on a crop duster. Um, so they fix whatever they can, but Prince rushes them and says, basically, I need this thing in two days. I've already promised it to somebody, and it, it needs oh to be ready. Oh, my God. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? <laughs> so during the plane's first flight, it's grounded for a faulty fuel pump. Uh, that's eventually fixed, and the plane makes it to Juba, South Sudan, where it was expected to help with the civil war. Uh, unfortunately for Eric Prince, but thankfully for humanity, some random guy in Greece took picture. You know, he, there's there's this, this random guy in Greece whose hobby is taking pictures of planes that take off from the right, right, airport. right, right. He's just one of those nerds, and he takes a picture of this thing as it lifts off from Greece. Oh, because that's how they were getting it into Sudan. It was taking off from like they were taking off from Greece, and the plane was registered in San Marino, which is a tiny micro state in like northern Italy right. up in that area. Um, so this thing takes off, this guy uploads a picture, it gets back to the authorities in San Marino, who realize that the plane that Eric Prince had registered bore no resemblance to the plane on that runway, which is clearly a military aircraft. Oh, right. He's like, <laughs> hi, I want to register my nice little, uh, crop, crop duster, duster plane. plane. Yeah. It's a hobby plane. Uh, nothing to see here. Right. And they're like, those are missile pylons on the bottom. No, no, no. Those are, uh, fun holders. So credit to the government of San Marino. They pull his registration. Uh, the plane had to be flown to another hangar in a different East African nation, and it's probably still there right now. The whole project fell apart, and Eric Prince never got to bomb anyone. Aww. Yeah. He really is like a tortured guy with a war boner who mm -hmm. never got to get his war penis off, yeah. basically. Yeah. And credit to Airborne Technologies. It was one of the engineers who worked on the plane that leaked this story to the Intercept, or at least leaked a big Thank part God. of it to the Intercept, right. who was like, this is fucked up. I'm, I'm okay making a plane for the German government. <laughs> I really yeah. don't want to make one for this guy. God, that must have been such a moment, though, too, yeah. when he realizes it's Eric Prince. Like, yeah, he looks him up on his phone and is like, oh, like, shit. Yeah, it's, <laughs> like in a movie, like he's holding it up next to him, just like going back and forth. Oh, it's, it's the guy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this isn't going to be good for my resume. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so they they clearly say, uh-uh-uh, you made a kill jet. Yeah. But d is there any trial or like, mm -mm. <laughs> so d does anyone get in trouble? Did anyone have to re like release a statement or anything? Like No. As far as I understand at this point, Airborne denies uh, making a fighter jet. FLG denies that the fighter jet was made with their money. Prince just doesn't talk about it. Like, the reason we know about this is the Intercept report. And they have everything. If you go read Echo Papa Exposed, they have, like, advertising documents he built for this 
attack craft. Like you can see like, like the his brochure. marketing materials. Yeah, you can see his marketing materials. It's very well documented. Right. He's like, this could um, be yours for. And, right. Yeah. If they were just making it up for some reason, all of these companies would have sued them to shit. But nothing's happened. Like that's the way it went. Nothing has happened. The plane is still sitting in a hangar somewhere in East Africa. As far as we know, it was never used. Um, right. So that's that's exactly where the situation is. There is there any like conspiracy or logic to why we think like he has never had to answer for that? Like, because clearly that those are international crimes. If he's creating an armed aircraft, that that's that's probably in violation of many laws. Well, because what they have is the picture, which is why San Marino pulled his registration. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't have like you don't have hard documented evidence outside of like what the journalists put up about how it was made or about exactly who ordered it. Like Prince doesn't have his name tied to it in legal documents. These are allegations in a news report that has a significant amount of backing to it. Um, But also it's not like he was caught bombing civilians in Sudan. Right. It got stopped before that point. So it's just sort of fizzled out. It's like being called like a homemade gun or something. Yeah. Well, it's like Prince didn't get in trouble when like when he was found illegally training troops for a foreign country. (laughs) Right. His company got a forty two million dollar loss, like had to pay forty two million dollars in fines. But he didn't get charged with yeah. anything. And then they consider that an operating cost. Probably. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, they, they made billions right, at this point. Right. What's $42 million? Yeah, what's $42 million? It's like when you sue Purdue Pharmaceuticals for you know marketing illegally and hiding like the truth about the painkillers they were selling. Like right. They pay 1.5% of the profits that they've made in right. fines. And they're like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, whatever. Cost of doing a business. Right. Like, like this is... It's not like Eric Prince was flying a jet and dropping bombs on people himself. Right. He had shell companies set up through all this, and the plane never actually got to drop anything. So he's he's in the clear. Right, and it's it's murky enough that people can just point fingers at thin air, and no yeah. one really has to take the but hold like, the bag. You can see the plane, and you can trace its registration back, and you can like it's. Can it's, I see a picture of the plane? Can yeah, a picture of yeah. the plane. It's all pretty well documented. Um, if you go to Echo Papa Exposed on the Intercept, it'll be there. Well, I wonder if too, if the, if because the government has done so much business with him, it's like better to be like, dude, I don't, we don't even need to dig that whole part up. It's possible that if the government filed a case against him, he would win in court because he's a billionaire with a lot of lawyers, and he's. I mean, he. It's not like he just like did this haphazardly. He sat down yeah, he with knows, lawyers right. every step of the way. How does this have to be structured to minimize my risk? How does this like what right. do we do to to reduce my exposure. So Eric Prince is still keeping busy today. Um, His current project involves working with the Chinese government, co-owner of his company, to set up a forward operating base in the Yunnan province uh, of China as part of a Chinese government initiative to help remake the Silk Road. Uh, Prince's quote about the matter is, we're not helping to serve Chinese foreign policy goals, we're helping to increase trade. Uh, It is possible that's true. The base's stated goal is to, quote, provide logistics and unarmed security training services to facilitate Chinese trade throughout Southeast Asia. So I'm sure that's all in the up and up, and this mercenary warlord won't try to hide committing war crimes in the guise of a legitimate business venture with the same company twice in a row. Um, So his other hobby right now is trying to convince the U.S. government to hand the war in Afghanistan over to an army of private contractors. Uh, Right, I remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, about 6,000 mercenaries ought to be enough to really get Afghanistan under control. Yeah, five, 6,000, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, Lift this thing in the butt. And to make sure nothing terrible happens, he, these guys, they're not going to be lawless out there. They're going to be commanded by someone Prince thinks should be put in charge of the Afghanistan effort. And he calls the guy a viceroy. So that's a good idea. Like, we should go cool. back to that. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Back when viceroys were, that, that's really one. That's a time we all miss. The world was great. Yeah. So that's 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 it. You know, simple man. Um, 
So far, the Pentagon hasn't bitten, and in fact, uh, all of like like Mattis and all of the generals in the right, world are like, like, "Fuck no!" no. Right? Yeah, <laughs> they're like, yeah. "I've been around these assholes." Yeah. Like, yeah, they can't even drive on the right side of the road. Yeah, but if I know Eric, a little thing like you know, complete lack of interest isn't going to stop him from trying. Um, Clearly so not. He's going to keep plugging he's away at that. He's going to keep making that bong in his room. Yeah. Even when his mom asks, no. He's got a, he's got an active life. You know, several days before the 2016 election, Prince showed up on Breitbart Radio to claim that Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton laundered money and regularly visited a, quote, sex island with, quote, underage sex slaves. Uh, and in January of 2017, Prince met with a guy named Kirill Dmitriev, a Russian businessman with strong ties to Vladimir Putin. They met in Seychelles? Right. Seychelles? Yeah, Seychelles, uh, yeah. Yeah, and he claims that the trip was just for business purposes uh, and it had nothing to do with the Trump campaign. But earlier this year, George Nader, a guy who helped organize the meeting, told a grand jury that it was, quote, an effort to establish a back channel between the incoming administration and the Kremlin. It's also worth noting that Prince donated about 250000 to the Trump campaign and groups supporting Trump right. during the election. Weren't there a representative? Isn't Nader, uh, he represents the interests of the, the UAE too, doesn't he? Probably. I think because yeah. that, that was like yeah. the connection because now that makes sense to me when you're mm-hmm. saying that he created a mercenary army with them that they've already done business yeah. and but also he's like an easy go-between. Yeah, and Prince was also regularly in contact with Steve Bannon throughout the transition where while he's having this meeting with uh, Kirill Dimitriev. I just love the, the conspiracy about the sex island because it goes yeah. back to sort of this bizarre form of what a conservative thinks is like – you know, the most evil shit. It's like yeah. a sex island. Man, if Hillary Clinton had a sex island, she would not have lost the election. No. She would have, there would have been some flavor in that pudding. There would absolutely. Yeah. 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 That, that's not, that is someone who I don't even think has been to an island, even the, a, a restaurant called Islands. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's where we are right now. Uh, the whole incident is of extreme interest to Robert Mueller because it might be proof that Kushner was trying to establish a back channel and a legal back channel to Russia. Um, so we'll be hearing more about Eric Prince in the future, probably before the time this podcast drops, possibly. Um, yeah, I, again, it's crazy. I mean, it's not crazy to me, right? Because we've, we see people like this all the time, but like that, this is the guy who has constantly just been trying to make his secret little play army Mm -hmm. and do all the fun stuff that he maybe was never able to do. He, he's clearly like haunted, you know, from his like familial life, I'm also curious to know what that what that upbringing was yeah. like. Like that household must have been a lot of fun. Yeah, as I, a kid, and there's no there's nothing that I would call like trustworthy information out about like what that upbringing was like. Like right. you, like a lot of these guys, you know, were able to talk a little bit about like the abuse that Saddam Hussein endured. I don't know what I don't know. It's possible. He had great parents who were just crazy far right nut jobs, and so right. Prince grew up because maybe he's just a happy guy being a billionaire nut job. Right. Also, he's a billionaire now. <laughs> he's like worth two and a half billion dollars. Wow. Uh, so this has all worked out great for Prince. It's, um, and is there is there you think the closest he would come to any kind of liability legally would be through the probe, the Russia probe? I mean, at this point, but aside he's from the litany of so many international right. crimes and never gotten in trouble me in a meaningful way. I have trouble believing that anything is going to happen that puts this guy away. Yeah. God, uh, being a rich white guy is the best shit ever. It's he, like yeah. getting the the suit like the star in Mario. Yeah. You know. Yeah, he's he's yeah, he's always got that flashing and yeah. vulnerability <laughs> thing on him. <laughs> I mean, I, most of the people we talk about on this podcast have been dead for a while. Right. Um, but Eric is still alive and yeah, I I'd, I'd be 
down with him spending the rest of his life in prison. Like, that'd be great. Yeah. That'd be the bee's knees. Um, but he'll probably just keep on making more armies. And I got a feeling one of these days he's going to get his own Air Force. Right. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, I I believe it. Yeah. The, the, it, yeah. He'll, he'll probably, who knows, probably Russia or something weird. You're just going to have a dream and a hope and billions of dollars and a rich white family that's heavily connected to the U.S. president. Yeah. That's can, all you need. And you can do anything, anything. guys. Don't go mm-hmm. to college. Miles. Yes. Thank you so much for your help today. You've been wonderful. No, thank you for uh, illuminating this for me. Yeah. You got some plugs you want to plug in the plug zone? Do I want to plug anything? Yes, I do. Uh, there's a little podcast I do every day with Jack O'Brien called The Daily Zeitgeist, but you probably knew that, right? Because everybody knows the most famous podcast out there. Not really. But please listen to that. We talk about the news and uh, have fun, and we always have funny comedians, and just try and make the news of the day bearable. And you can follow me on social media and on, uh, you know, all that Twitter, Instagram, at Miles of Gray. And you can find us on all of the various social media platforms as Bastards Pod or at BehindTheBastards.com, our home on the World Wide Internet Web.net. Peace. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.